But it's time for us to talk to our favorite tech genius. His name is Dave Greenway and he's on the line. Hi, Dave. Hey, guys. How's it going? Great, thank you. How's it going with you? Uh, fantastic, actually. Let me tell you, Glenn has a theory. He thinks that you might be Kaiser Chief's lucky charm. He says every time you're on air, they win a game. That's what he said. So what I'm hearing is that you guys are going to reach out to them to sponsor the segment because <laughs> they're going to want me on more often. Yes, yes, definitely. You're the lucky charm. They win because of you. All right, Dave, let's talk about analog television. It's apparently going to be a thing of the past very soon. Okay, so uh, we've been trying to do this since 2008. So um, mm -hmm. I'm almost getting a little bit tired of uh, talking about it. Um, mm -hmm. The first time I ever spoke about it, I had a lot less gray hair, and I think this might be the cause of some of it. But we're basically going to go down this path again. So um, mm -hmm. if you remember putting a pair of bunny ears or an aerial outside of your house in the days before DSTV with its black satellite dishes and things like that, yeah. that is analog television. So essentially it's broadcast over the same um, radio wave frequencies that things like uh, FM radio, so the current show that people are listening to is the same sort of radio frequencies. Hand-to-hand uh, -hand radios, so like uh, security guards would be using. Cell phones use it as well for all of the various different networks. So when they say they're moving from 4G to 5G, it's a different set of antennas using different radio spectrum to do different things. Everything uses the same radio frequencies. And unfortunately, we've got a limited amount of it. So in 2008, we were supposed to switch off our analog television and switch everyone to digital. So that meant mm. that the government invested a whole bunch of money into set-top boxes, so a new decoder for everyone to be able to watch um, the SABC and any other um, stations that would be broadcast over an analog channel for people who don't have already have digital um, mediums, so who don't subscribe to something like a satellite television package where those channels could be had from. So they had to put out a whole bunch of money and a tender and everything after that so that they could get the poorest people who weren't able to afford uh, those boxes needed to be subsidized, and they needed to make them available for everyone else. Fourteen mm -hmm. years later, we've only switched it off, I think, in four provinces, and we're now getting to the point where it needs to be switched off, and the Minister of Communications again has said that this needs to be done rapidly. And the reason that this is part of a tech show is that um, when networks want to create new, uh, want to roll out new technologies like 5G that's just been rolled out now, it requires a certain amount of spectrum to be given out to each of the networks so that they can provide the speed that it's capable of. So the more network spectrum radio frequency that they get, the faster that they can make the uh, signal that goes to your phone. And that's because of a whole bunch of different technologies. Most of them is around the aerials inside your phone, so it can accept like four or five different uh, signals from the tower and aggregate them together to make your one signal seem faster. That's basically how it works. The fun thing about this, though, is it's actually a way for government to make money because, because there's a finite amount of this resource. They have pretty much in every single country, they have what's called a spectrum auction, and it goes for billions of rands for spectrum. And these companies have it because, you know, everyone wants to use a mobile phone. So it's actually a great way for the country to make money, which I don't know if anyone listened to the budget, but we sorely need some money to come into the country's uh, coffers so that we can provide services for everyone and make everything mm -hmm. uh, work well for the country. Efficient. So we get two benefits mm -hmm. out of it. Everyone's phones will get faster, so you'll be able to stream videos and watch everything better, and the country will get money, so hopefully we get better services. Lovely, and it's also a long time coming, so hey.
let it get here soon. Okay, so we are also talking about Call of Duty, right? Are they taking a break from releasing a new game in 2022? Yes. So for the first time in 20 years, mm -hmm. um, it's essentially... So 2022, there's going to be a modern warfare game that comes out. And there's, uh, there's going to be new content for Call of Duty Warzone, which is their massive multiplayer shrinking map um, battle royale type game. So there will be new Call of Duty content this year. There just won't be a new Call of Duty game that is developed. Um, it'll either be the one that's releasing at the end of this year, which they'll call, I think, 2023's game, or it'll be the one that's released next year. But either way, it looks like they're taking a break for the first time in two decades. And what they're saying is, is because it was a huge slump in sales on the previous one. And so Call of Duty is probably one the of the biggest board. franchises on mm. the planet. I mean, it's, they make more than a billion dollars a year on Call of Duty. So it's, it's a big wow. deal in the gaming industry. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, it's created by a company called Activision Blizzard, which was, I think we spoke about a couple of weeks ago. It looks like Microsoft is trying to buy them for $69 billion. So it'll be interesting to see where they go with this. But Call of Duty is a big deal for anyone who plays video games. It's sort of the mm. de facto shooter game that everyone likes to play. And so the fact that we're missing out a whole year is actually a pretty big deal for the uh, those of us who like to shoot things on video game consoles. Do they know why their last game didn't sell so well? Um, they expect it because they're very similar to each other. So the problem with iterating so quickly, and they've seen, mm. we've seen it with other gaming franchises, that if you make too many games too quickly. You don't get to create too many changes in them or big enough changes that the audience will see. You know, the guys who buy these games every single year, they yeah. start to feel very similar because you don't get enough time to test out new theories and play test them. So essentially what happens is you land up using the building blocks that are already there and just adding a few small features. So what they're yeah, hoping to do is by delaying it, it's very similar to what the uh, Ubisoft who make Assassin's Creed the series, they also took a year off and refreshed their entire game with a new way of playing, and it was very different to the previous one. And so that's sort of the hope here, is that A, um, people who want the game will still go and buy the previous year's game. It's not like they'll skip it out. So you'll, you'll catch up on any of the people who didn't buy the game because they saw the reviews and it was very similar. So you'll catch up a couple of sales that you missed out on on your previous game, and then hopefully you can release something that's drastic enough of a change and there's a big enough difference that, uh, A, you've starved the audience of it for a little bit of time, but B, it's also new and fresh enough that everyone wants to go and buy it again. So that's sort of the thinking behind it. And you must have made a whole lot of money if you're taking a break for an entire year. That's a long yeah. time. So if, if you're making a billion dollars a year mm. in revenue off of something and you're willing to give that up for a year, they must think that they're going to make a lot of money off of this. And I agree with that. Mm. I got you. Okay, so what's the tech term of the week? Uh, tech term of the week this week is a DAO, uh, D-A-O, which stands for a Decentralized Autonomous Organization. Um, you'll start hearing that a lot more with uh, people who like to talk about cryptocurrency. Essentially what it is is it's a new way of structuring a partnership or a company where people will have a digital token that uh, gives them the right to vote on things. So just as your shares give you the right to vote on certain things in a company, the difference being that all of the decisions are fully open to anyone inside of the company and are regulated on the blockchain, so they're saved forever. So it's a new way of thinking about companies that's sort of coming to the fore because of all the blockchain stuff. All right. Dave, thank you so much for your time. Chat again soon. Have a good one, guys. Cheers. Thank you. That's Mr. Dave Greenway, our tech blogger.